Hey guys, and welcome back to Three Shows in a Book. I almost forget? forgot the name of the show. <laughs> Go me. Um, Woo! I'm Liz. And I'm Shiloh, your second of the two hosts. The hostess with the mostest. Oh, that's right, I am. Uh, so... On this show, we are going to be talking about our book of the month, which is The Motion of Puppets by Keith Donahue. 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 Yeah, yeah. And to pair with the motion of puppets, we're going to be drinking Freak Show, a Michael David joint. Uh, today we have the 2019 Zinfandel. It is a red. Um, and the description says adding a softer, sexier side to Michael David's band of freaks. This medium body zin spots, spotlights wild berry and coffee aromas while flirting with notes of peppery spice. Flavors of black cherry, dark chocolate, and sweet tobacco amaze the tongue with a fruit-forward, tantalizing finish. Ooh. I don't know. It's a grown-up wine, so I'm probably not going to like it, but um, the bottle's so pretty that I had to do it. I've already opened it, so you guys won't get that awesome pop. Yeah, she said I had a we had to let it breathe so that I could tolerate it. <laughs> I'm real excited, guys. These are the truths. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Alright. Let's do this. Um, so you wanna pour the wine or sure we can pour the wine. Oh, God, it's really dark. <laughs> I grabbed it because it was a Zinfandel. I didn't realize it was red. Zinfandels can be red. I didn't know that. <laughs> no, I'm scared. It smells pretty good, though. Mm. I mean, it, it kind of... Did you say, like, berry Aroma of and... berry and... Yeah. I can't remember. Dark chocolate? I was going to say chocolate. Something. Did you say chocolate? I mean... What the hell's floating in my pants? Sorry, I wasn't listening. Did you Piece cork, of the cork my bottle? Yeah, I corked the bottle. Oh, motherfucker. I was like, how far does this go down? <laughs> <laughs> All the way, baby. All the way. We don't have it any other way in this household. <laughs> it's wild berry and coffee aromas. Wild berry and coffee. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, Shiloh did the actual book book because she's a book book person. <laughs> yeah, I did. And this is, is this a new purchase for you or you guys, did you already it have is. this? It is. I have never read that book before. I literally um, got online and searched, you know, books, fiction books about puppets because I didn't want to know how to make them or the history of them or <laughs> as much as I love Jim Henson, like Jim Henson stuff. I wanted a fiction story about puppets. Right. And that's what I found. Well, I did the audiobook, mm -hmm. and um, I have to say it was it was quite good. It was about nine hours if you read it at regular speed. Oh, the face! What do you think of the wine, Shiloh? Uh, well, I mean, it tastes People like can't see your face, so I'm probably for the best. <laughs> honestly, to describe it. Um. Well, let me let me take another sip and see. Well, so I did. The Motion of Puppets, but it was... Let me see who narrated it. I can't read that tiny writing. Oh, you're getting so old. I know. It's so bad. Who's it? Don't even Who's... show it to me because I definitely won't be able to read it. I, like, <laughs> I can read the first name. Drew. Drew. <laughs> okay, good start. Good start. That's awesome. The last name I'm having Let's problems see. with. 
I could do it. I can do it. <laughs> okay, Granny, take your time. I know putting it in the light makes it worse. It's, on my it's got a glare. I can't see through okay, the glare. You try. You try. Look how small it is, and the font mm-hmm. is weird. Let's. See. I'm gonna blame it on the font. I'm one hundred percent. It says it right under, like right there. You see the little thing here? No. With Drew. No, honey, that's the author. No. Yes, yes. Is that it the says, other Jesus? Yes. Keith Donahue, author of The Boy Who Drew Monsters. <gasps> ah, Drew is not a name. You it's another book he <laughs> wrote. <laughs> you absolute buffoon. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, Whatever. so how do you... I have no idea. I have no idea. How do you idea. find out who read it? No like, idea. You had little things, and they all went away. Okay, so then you hit the little button there, and those are all the chapters. No. So then what about... See, I tried that. What's this one do? Nope, nope, nope. That's nope, airplay. That's airplay. We don't want to do that. No. I don't, I don't want you to How share that this with me. one? There we go. View in store. Maybe? Oh, no. Let's view it in the store, because it'll have a little synopsis. Should say who read it. Like, what the fuck? Come on, people. Narrated by Bronson... Pin- oh, Bronson Pin Show. That's um from um it's uh Balky from oh fuck what's the name nope. of that show? It's from a show in the eighties. Oh well, like yeah, I was too little. Oh my god, all the shows I know were in the nineties. Let me find it because I can't remember what it's called. Jeremy is screaming at the radio at this point, going, "You well, idiot!" It's I know. I'm sure he is. Um. I have to say, I didn't know he did uh, audiobooks. Yeah. Well, he did this one, and I have to say, he voiced all the characters and mm-hmm. did a wonderful job with that. But there were definitely some points where I was just like, because <laughs> I mean, that's it's kind of the so book. soothing. Yes. yes, exactly. That's the other thing I was gonna say. It's like a combination of the book and the narrator because I'm. I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but, like, the middle part of the book was just kind of the same old, same old. Yeah. And, like, I felt like, Jesus Christ, people. Let's get a move on. stop going to Quebec, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So, Bronson Pinchot was in the show Perfect Strangers. He played Bulky Bartokamus. I never saw Perfect Strangers. So, it's about, I mean, I don't don't really think, I never really watched it, um, Mm. but... I don't really think it would fly today because it was about, um, Balky was a foreigner Uh (laughs) coming to America (laughs) and living with this American guy and wacky hijinks. Oh, I see. So, yeah, I don't know how well that would, um, fly today. Yeah, I don't know how well that would fly today, but yes, that's, that's what it is. So there you go. But that's cool. Bronson Pinchot. He's 63 now. That's weird. Well, he did a wonderful job. Um, so let's talk about. Uh, so first of all, I'll say I like the wine. I mean, I can taste the coffee. Like I one hundred percent can taste. Yeah, the coffee. I can too. Actually, that's I think what makes me not totally hate it. And I can definitely smell the berry. Yeah, I can, I cannot taste the berries, but I can taste the coffee. And I smell the berries. I don't taste it. Right. So for a grown up wine, that is not you know sweet like candy um 
It's not terrible. We like candy wine. I know. I do too. (laughs) That's why I'm kind of sad about this. But But I feel like we're circling the drain with these sweet. I know. There's only so many we can do, and now we're gonna have to sag into these grown-up wines, and I just don't know if I can handle it. We're not ready. We're still a very on the wine young show. Um, Oh, but no, I don't. I don't hate it. It definitely is not like. You know, that 19 Crimes one we had that was so... It was very red. Red <laughs> and so Dry. strong. Like, oh, yeah. like that one I couldn't handle. This one I'm only making the mildest of faces. You called that mild. <laughs> it was mild. Do you remember the faces I was making for that one? Like, <laughs> We couldn't finish that one. This, this by the way, is 15.5%. Yeah. I don't think I'll be able to finish it, though. I feel like this is like a one possibly one and a half glass with the way that we fill our glasses <laughs> um yeah I, I don't i don't feel like i feel like this is a, a very it's a sippy wine mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's not a day drinker mm-hmm. i don't think yeah no we need chubby chubby we need sugar wines we do we need baby wines maybe we go online and find some baby wines that sounds like a bad... I mean, we really should just go to Jungle Gyms and find They don't baby have baby wines what? at Jungle Gyms. It's all adult wines oh, at Jungle fuck. Gyms. That's where I went and I got the Send Nudes wine. Which was not great. No. And, like, I was... And I specifically asked. I was like, I need a wine that's not an adult wine. I need a I wine need a that's, baby like, wine. got lots of sugar and tastes like something that isn't wine. <laughs> something candy. And he's like, I got just the thing and gave me Send Nudes. And I love the bottle, but, like totally missed the mark on that yeah although that one we got there that time was good that's where i got the i think that's where i got the dancing skeleton ladies or maybe i didn't get it there but i saw it there see and i did see some of the um what is that brand? The one that was like the caramel apple. And oh, the St. Julian's. Yeah, the St. Julian's. I They've got all the fun wines. Some St. Julian's. Yes, St. Julian's is. <laughs> Although they did that one really bad one too. That was the watermelon. The watermelon. I yeah. know. I know. They let us down. They really let us down. Like, on that that shit was bad. Yeah, like, but I'm they really did the, sorry. the peanut butter and jelly one, which was great. Which was I was wonderful. I was worried about that one. Yeah, but it was good. It was. It was really good. I actually bought that not that long ago. <laughs> I had a bottle of peanut, peanut butter. And I jelly almost went back and got another bottle of that peach sangria just for me. So good. It but was then I was like, kind of bubbly. Better not. It was good. It was good. It was I liked very it. Good. Except for the bubbles. Goddamn bubbles. This one is not bubbly. So no, it, it's it's a true adult wine. So Lisa would be proud. So would Carrie. Carrie would be proud. Yeah. Lisa also drinks grown-up wines, though, yeah. so she probably would be, too. I typically drink a grown-up wine when I'm, you know, ready to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming into this one already tired, so I'm like, That's, eh, what, that's what grown-up wines do to you. I mean, even though that thing could be, like, 100% alcohol, and it would you would be like, no, grown-up wine, one glass, you're ready for bed. Two glasses in your loopy. Like, that's that's how wine <laughs> and works. Tired. Loopy and tired. Right. But that's Great. how wine works. It's like when you get the adult wine, you have one glass. You're nice and relaxed and calm. Like, that's what wine does. I don't, I don't know how it does it. I don't know if it's the grapes or, you know, what it is. But for me, anywho, I drink one glass and I'm just like, yep, bedtime. Bedtime, baby. Bedtime. <laughs> Did you enjoy your penis? I mean, I always enjoyed my penis. Um, so, for those who don't know, How last you? time, 
I got bubbles up my nose from the bubbly peach sangria mm-hmm. and choked myself. Right. So I had to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And while I was gone, um, Liz drew a little dick in my notes. <laughs> and I saw it immediately when I came back. What I did not see <laughs> was that on the next blank page, she drew a full-size dick <laughs> that covered my entire paper. It's got, so, it's got ball hair. It's, it's got it's, ball hair. It's, and it's ejaculating. It's Yeah, it's amazing. And she labeled it. She wrote penis <laughs> on it just in case there was any doubt as to what I was looking at. So um, when I <laughs> opened my notebook to start taking notes for <laughs> the motion of puppets, the first thing that greeted me was a giant dick. If you want to go to the other one, Shiloh Instagram page, I did, in fact, put it on there so everyone could see it. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. It was actually really funny because... I know. (laughs) My sister... Well, yes, but my sister-in-law and brother-in-law were here this weekend, which is why I'm tired because, like, we Mm -hmm. were just running around doing all kinds of stuff this weekend. But my brother-in-law just um, started... He just started following me on Instagram, like, completely <laughs> randomly, you know. He's just, like... Well, yeah, because it suggests. He's like, oh, somehow, I, like, I had Instagram on my phone, and so I started looking, and they suggested somebody for me to be friends with, and I was like, oh, yeah, I know them. So I clicked follow, and then they suggested some more stuff, and I just started following people, and... Because I was like, well, thanks for following me. That's that's fun. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, yeah. And then, and then he's <laughs> like, you know, I was... I don't even know how he got onto it. And then he's like, yeah, so... <laughs> I got on Instagram the other day, and all of a sudden, there's this picture of a dick on my on my page. So I I blocked it and reported him. And I'm like, dude, that was my post, and you just blocked and reported me. And he's like, oh, sorry, <laughs> inappropriate. I know. I was like, really? That's what you consider inappropriate? inappropriate? Yeah. How dare you, Shiloh? I know, right? Showing that cock off to the world. I mean, it's <laughs> it's written on a Tom Nook notebook, so I feel like maybe, you know, it's kind of a rough sketch. I, I don't know. You know, Nook know. was a dick anyways. So. I mean, he really kind of was. Yeah, not a good guy. Capitalist right. motherfucker. So this book was written in 2016. <laughs> Just by the way. <laughs> Let's digress back to the I book. am, like, <laughs> wrenching us back on topic right now. So, yes, 2016, um, I'm, I'm gonna... Publish 2016. I don't right, know when it was written. Sorry, right. guys. Um, but I'm, I'm gonna say that I, I would have liked to have seen it as a movie. It would have been a very interesting... Ooh, right. that... Yeah, it's not too late. No, it's not. Hey, Hollywood! If you're listening out there and you produce movies, I feel like this would make a really great movie. And I know who would be a perfect Theo. Andrew? Yeah. He would be amazing as Theo. Oh, my God. Do you speak French? Because, oh, my God. Uh, I'm sure he could learn. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. Yep. Hot man with an accent. Great ass to boot. Oh. (laughs) Yep. I think there is a scene where he's getting out of the shower. Yes. In the book, so. Come on now. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, Kay Harper is married to Theo Harper, mm-hmm. and Kay is a performer. She is, you know, she she's, she's an acrobat. Yeah. She's a gymnast and a tumbler. 
Right. And then he is a translator. So he translates books from one language to another. Yes. And this opportunity he had, he's also a professor, um, but he had an opportunity during the summertime to... Well, actually, it was her opportunity. And he went along with because it was... Yes. So they, they're newlyweds. They've just been married for a couple of months. They got married in March, and I think this takes place in, like, July. Um, they arrive in June. I remember them yes, saying they, they arrive in, in June, June, and I think the action happens mm-hmm. in July. So, um, she's an acrobat, and she gets the opportunity to be in a show in Quebec City. And they don't ever really say the name of the show, but it definitely sounds Cirque du Soleil. Right. And she does say, they do say Cirque. They call it this, well, but I mean, that just means circus. Right, right. So, but yeah, so it definitely seems like a Cirque du Soleil kind of show. There's no animals. Well, they're rehearsed, they're practicing it. No, but it's free. They they mentioned that it's free to the public. It's It's free to the public. No, no. It's free to the public because they're just practicing the show oh okay they're they're rehearsing it during the summer and getting it all even (laughs) and getting it all worked out and then they'll take it on tour in the fall so i don't know if they actually do that but how cool would that be to go see a cirque du soleil show for free right that'd be amazing only in canada because canada's awesome canada's awesome so they moved to quebec quebec city quebec quebec shut up quebec Suck my ball sack. How many times? How they many lived times in New York. <laughs> have you seen? They lived in New York and they went. Your favorite TV show. Letter Kenny. What do they call it in London? Not that. They don't call it <laughs> Quebec. <laughs> they call it the D-Gens from up country. <laughs> <laughs> so. Anyway. So they moved to Quebec <laughs> City um, so that she can do this show in the, um in the Cirque all summer. And he is a translator. He's translating a book into French. And um, she's, you know, doing the show. And they're doing the whole thing. And I am trying to On see... On the way home from Cirque, when because he used to stay and watch her practice all the time mm-hmm. and walk home with her, and they would pass this little toy shop that was always, always closed. And Kay falls in love with a puppet that's in the window, and the toy shop is just never open because they want to go in and they want to look around, and it looks super cool. And it, it's a puppet that's inside of a bell jar, mm-hmm. and they have him... Like, he's antique looking, and every time she walks by, they always try the door, and they, they're always, you know, trying to figure it out. So, so I'm going to read the first line, because, or the first couple of lines, because I think it just really sets the stage beautifully. Okay. It says, she fell in love with a puppet, because he was beautiful, because he was rare, because he could not be hers. And that just, that's how the whole book starts. And then it kind of starts going into detail. But I just thought it was so neat. It, He's it apparently is. like a very um, ancient, primitive sort of a puppet. Yes. Carved out of a... Balsa wood. Yeah. <laughs> like they, they a say poplar or something. They, yeah. And it's like... You know, he's is the only one I could think of. Like a primitive sort right. of a puppet that the Inuit or something carved. Right, and they yeah. do make mention of that later on in the book. Um, but they call him, the other puppets call him... Um, the the ancient the, one, the ancient, don't they? or the original the original the original is that what they call him? they I call him remember. the original so I really meant I, I read this book a couple of weeks ago and I had really really good intentions of going back like because the first time I read it I just devour it and read it for 
the story. She and read this then, book in 15 minutes. I did not. You stopped that. It <laughs> took me at least two days. Um, but then I was, I had these, the best of intentions of going back and rereading it for context and to take my notes. And I got maybe, <laughs> maybe 20, 30 pages in and then life and I just didn't get back to it. So I'm kind of going on memory here. Yeah, me too. Um, and minus the the gaps of time loss between miniature <laughs> naps. Um, so Theo is translating this biography, um, and it's late of, one night. It's of, um, I find this fascinating, and I, I want to look this guy up. The pioneer e- photographer. Edward Muybridge. Muybridge? E-A-D-W-E-A-R-D. E-A-R-D. W-E-A-R-D. That's what I said. Yep. Ed. Edward. I mean, I want to call him Edward, but it's E-A-D. Edward? I don't know. We'll call him Edward. Edward. M-U-Y-B-R-I-D-G-E. Um, oh, that just reminds me. I haven't played Wordle today. God <sighs> damn it. <laughs> anyway, um, so he's like the first, one of the first people who who captured motion in photography and he did the horses if you yeah. if you can remember seeing that at all where like the original motion picture right basically. and they talk about it in the book how and they they kind of bring it in about like multiple times how it kind of influences theo because mm-hmm. yeah. it does it influences him a lot that's i mean he's been reading a whole lot about this guy you know he's studying him and he he was the one who he set up these like little traps to allow a camera to go off each time the horse hit a certain position in order to capture the image and all in all if you watch the video online it's about three seconds worth but if you you know if you continually loop it then you can see um or rather confirm what some people were looking to confirm with him doing this set of photography um was that a horse when it gallops does in fact have all feet off the ground off the ground at once right yeah which is kind of cool. It like was. that's what they were looking for. Is yeah. The, do horses actually have all their feet off the ground at any point in time when they're running? And yes, they do. Yeah, they sure do. Because they're amazing. Because they're cool. Yep. So he's translating this book, and you know, one night, um, Kay is asked to be to come along for an evening out after the show, mm-hmm. and she decides, you know what, this is my this is my chance. Let's just mm-hmm. do it. So she changes her clothes into some random clothes that she had in her locker. A yellow sundress and her favorite blue heels. Right. And she leaves um, with several of the female ensemble um, and the ringmaster. Who sounds Rials. like a, he he sounds like a kinda like bag. A, yeah. He's kind of a skis. Um, Which I, I was totally under the impression that he was part of the whole puppet thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, like, in the very beginning of the book, I really felt like maybe he like, was yeah, the like one, like... Yeah, like, he's kind of sus. What's his right. deal? Right. But, um, he's not. He's Spoiler sus, alert. but just in the normal, skeezy, older man right. way. Right, like, like, that he sleeps with anybody he can. And yeah, that, he's that's trying kind to, of what the He look, tries to hit all the... the guy says. Yeah, all the, uh, all the, um... Dancers and performers. Yeah, the, all the performers, thank you, in the circus. All and the girls that'll have him. So after he tries to get a leg over, <laughs> or rather, get a leg over him. Um, I don't know what I was trying to do there. That's, that's what I said. I know. <laughs> um, so anywho, um, 
so after a couple drinks, he hits on her and she's like, nah, I'm cool, man. This is good. We're going. And so she just decides she's going to go home. And he's like, oh, let me walk you. Let me walk you. It's late. It's after midnight. Like, let me walk you. And she's like, no, I live a couple blocks from here. I'm good. No problem. And he's like, all right. And he goes his way and she goes her way. Yep. So as you know, close to where the Cirque is and all the performers are is the toy shop Mm -hmm. that she is absolutely in love with. And so she walks past it and sees, or doesn't walk past it, she's she's, approaching it and she feels like she's being... Yeah, she's she's going home and she kind of gets lost and turned around a little bit because she's had quite a bit to drink and then she kind of straightens herself out and she's going home and she's she's feeling like someone is following her. Right. Um, and so she's, you know, kind of starting to freak out and she's walking faster and she can like hear them behind her. And so as she passes this toy sh- sh- shop, God, I am already fucked up. This is terrible. Uh, that's why with adult wine, you really only do one glass. Man. Like you really only do one and glass. And I haven't even finished it yet. Um. You want me to get some crackers? The Quatre- Quatremaine is what the toy shop is called. Yes. The Quatremaine. Um, so as she's going by it, she sees that, you know, it's the middle of the night, everything's closed, but she sees that the light is is on on and the door is open. Right. So she goes in, you know, mostly, well, A, because it's this toy shop she's been wanting to see inside of since they got there, but B, also because, you know, it's a safe harbor and she feels like she's unsafe at the time. Someone's following her. She doesn't know what's going on. So she goes into the toy shop, um, and nobody appears to be there. And so she's looking around, and she goes up to the original, and he is under his glass dome, and she goes to lift up his dome so she can look at him, and everything goes black. And that's that. So then Theo wakes up, and he's like, oh, she's not back yet. Like, where the hell is she? Clothes aren't, like, he was expecting, he was waiting up for her. Mm-hmm. And then he falls and asleep. he falls asleep, and he wakes up, and she's still not there. He doesn't see her phone anywhere. He doesn't see, you know, any sign that she's been home. Bed's not messed up. Right. Nothing. So he's, you know, freaking out at this point because he loves his wife. Mm-hmm. And he is genuinely worried, and so he starts the whole okay, where the fuck is she? Yeah, he's, like, sending texts. He's calling. She's not responding. She's not answering her phone. You know, he's like, well, maybe she just went down to the corner shop to get some coffee and some pastries, and she'll be back in a minute. And he's waiting, and he's like, oh, I'll just take the shower and wait for her. And he gets out of the shower, and she's still not back, and there's still no word, and he's always starting to freak out. Um, So he decides to... Go to the police. Go to the police. Well, first he goes to... Her job. First he goes, yeah, to the warehouse where they do their rehearsals and stuff. And all the props and everything are stored. And he meets um, Egon. Which I love Egon's character. Egon's great. And I love... So when you when you meet Egon, you you realize that he has a love for, like, naked women, like, the photos of naked women, and he yeah. just sort of started collecting them. Like, he, he got them yeah, as he won them Like, he won them in a card game right. or something. Like, these kind of um, very, 19th century postcards of women in various stages of undress. Yes. And I love that whole description that they had of that in, in the book. I felt like that was done really, really well. Like, I'm, I feel like the first, like, five chapters mm-hmm. were phenomenal. Yeah. Like, I, I felt like they were great. Once you start getting into, like, 
six, seven, eight. Like, it's yeah. still good, but it's not as good. And then it just sort of, like, has a steady decline. And then all of a sudden when you start getting, you know, because it peaks every once in a while where you think you're getting close and it kind of just jerks you right back down to, like, yeah. disappointment. And then <laughs> finally, like, the last five chapters of the book. They really pick up. They're great. Yeah. So I feel like if they made a movie out of this, you know, you could cut out a lot of the redundancies. You could, you could and, montage like, the middle section quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> just show a clock. And a calendar, like, and him just like, the calendar, like running, like, with just the calendar flipping to months. Little Egon, yeah, yeah. So Egon is um, a dwarf, um, and he's awesome. He's, he's a, very he's cool. Kind yeah. of a brute. He's, he's kind of rough yeah. around the edges, but you know he's, he's a big yeah. softy. Yeah, like, he's that's... definitely just kind of. He is who he is, and yeah. he's not making any excuses. Exactly, about it. and I love when he says that. Like even now, when, when we walk around, like people try really hard not to. Not yeah, to the whole discussion me. of like, that, like, yeah, yeah, they do it one or two ways. They look and look away, and then they stare, or they like look and then they just try not to make eye contact. Yep, I loved that part. Yeah, again, within the first five chapters. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so they go. He goes to meet um, Egon, and. Egon kind of just points him in the direction and says, well, you know, the ringmaster, he, you know, he does get with all the ladies, you know. He's kind of a lech. Right. And and that's, I'm sure that, you know, she went out with them and, oh, he kind of confirms that he knows who she is, but he's never really hung out with her because he just does his job and he's done. Right. That's it. Like, he he doesn't, he's not the same as the ring ringleader or whatever and he's not gonna Reynolds. He, yeah, he doesn't Reynolds. he doesn't uh, he doesn't hang out with the cast and crew, you know, especially those that aren't permanent fixtures and he makes that very clear. But he feels very badly for Theo at this point because he can tell that Theo is worked up and he is worried. So he kinda throws him a bone and is like, you know, I, I know that they went yeah. out afterwards, like Maybe you want to talk to Renance yeah. or whatever his name is. And then that guy walks in. Well, yeah, they're they're like, he's, he's like, like nobody's coming in until four. You can hang out here with me if right. you want. You know, then when and that's when the you get into the story comes in, about you the can pictures. talk to him. Well, the, the picture is actually at the beginning. Um, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's right when they're, when they first meet and he's like, come on in and Yeah. Theo nodded and inspected the room with a casual air. Taped to the walls was a gallery of sapia pictures, 19th century postcard of women in Is various sapia stages or of sepia. 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 Oh, I heard you say sepia. I don't know. Tomato, Sorry. tomato. True. Uh, in, one, in the one above the pillow, a fully clad gentleman reached beneath the skirts of a maid, seeming to enjoy the experience. Another showed a woman with a riding crop resting against her bare bottom. <laughs> Swinging on a trapeze, a third woman leaned back in all her glory, glory above a trio of circus clowns just out of reach. That's quite a collection, Theo said. So, yeah. And Liz <laughs> throwing shit on the floor. What the fuck are was, you doing? This is my family photo. That's great. This is my mom, she my just, dad. She just threw her family on the floor. So they kind of are talking about, you know, Kay and blah, blah, blah. And then, um, you know, that's when they're they're going to wait. They're going to wait. Theo's going to wait for Riance to show up and then talk to him. And then it. this is when it flashes back to Kay and what happens to her. Right. This is told in her perspective. 
Um, so apparently. So anyways, the ringleader has like nothing to do with it. And he's kind of a snob about it. And he's like, it's not for lack of trying. <laughs> and yeah. that's when that's he That's when goes, you get your ass kicked. Right? Not really, but like what? But then, um, so then Theo decides that he's going to go to the police. And so he's, I know there's a lot of stuff that happens before that. But yeah, he talks to a lot of people at the. At the show. Um, and At the show, and there's nothing. And, and then he tries to go to the doll shop, and it's locked, so he can't get in there. And yeah, I mean, he doesn't have any idea that, you know, the doll, stop, the doll shop had anything no, but to do with it. But he's, you know, he's walking by there, and he's like, oh, I want to... I want to, you know, get her a present when she comes back. I want to get her something from the shop so she has a present when she comes back. And, of course, yeah. it's not open, so he can't. So then he goes to the police and, you know, I, I thought that part was really funny when he's, like, reporting her missing. And the inspector was like, this isn't America. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, and he's like, well, what are the odds that she's going to be murdered? And, like, well, he doesn't say that, but, like, right. it kind of boils down to that and I think that's all that the inspector took away from it was that he was asking about all the percentages in which they recover people and like what actually happens and he's like well is that why you you know have people wait 24 hours because they're just you know people who wander away and then make their way back and she's like well no that's not exactly true either so stop watching American TV um <laughs> what happens is is like for instance if it's you know somebody who has health issues or a small child then we'll jump right into action it's all based off of yeah. what the who they are and what yeah. the circumstances are so at this point, he feels like he is under suspicion of the police, and they come to kind of interview him, and he doesn't understand why they're interviewing him, but he's just answering these questions, and the whole time he's thinking to himself, am I a suspect? Am I a suspect? Yeah. Is that how you saw it, too? Yeah. I mean, you know, that's what, yeah. that's what they always say is the first suspect is always the spouse yeah. and the disappearance of someone. It's true. Family member is usually the one who did it. Well, when my spouse disappears, no one will suspect me. I will. Because you just <laughs> said that. Everyone listening will suspect you for that reason right there. I'll tell you the secret, guys. You start buying your supplies early. Early. <laughs> like, years in advance. There'll be no track record. You gotta of, do a slow you know build-up. You, built, you bought that duct tape? Yes. 10 years ago and it was never used until the night of because then it can't be tracked back to you i'm telling you i got wow. this i watch a lot of those american shows <laughs> apparently because that are you filmed are in, in canada american, that are filmed so. in canada all of them all of them at the end it's like filmed in canada and i'm like oh canada you've reeled me in again with your exciting true crime <laughs> oh my god so, yes, Egon suggests they talk to the police, or, well, Theo talked to the police, um, and then it cuts back to Kay again, and you kind of don't know what's going on, because the last time we see Kay, she's, you know, in the toy shop, she touches the glass dome, everything goes dark. Then they say, first, they took off her head. The big woman laid it out upon the table, where it rolled and wobbled before coming to a complete rest. Kay could see the rest of her body, straight as a corpse in a coffin, her slender hands folded neatly across her chest. She was surprised by how small she had become. The big man above her grasped a long, thin tool resembling a crochet hook and poked through the hole at the base of her cranium. 
but she did not feel any pain, only the sensation of discomfort she associated with a root canal. Instead of one tooth, it was her whole head. A whispering moan passed his lips as he gripped hold and tugged, pulling out a wad of cotton, and she felt a sudden rush of emptiness, a void where her brain had been. Taking a dollop of fine sawdust in his right hand, he held her empty skull upside down in the fingers of his left hand and filled the hollow to the brim. The giant then took kitchen shears and cut the length of her trunk from neck to navel and reaching in with a forceps, removed what had become of her incise. He snipped her arms at the shoulders and her legs at the hips, placed them lengthwise and emptied those as well. Unstuffed, she thought of her wireframe body as an empty suit of clothes, her arms and legs flat as pillowcases. It didn't hurt, but was curiously fascinating. Using a small metal funnel, the hand poured more of the same sawdust into her hands and feet and stuffed her torso with batting, pressing deep into the corners and curves. Then suddenly he left, interrupted in his work. The lights in the workshop were turned off and she was alone in five pieces with her head stuck on its side. So this is why I... Like, I really just don't care for dolls. <laughs> yeah. Because this this whole book, and I mean, so they do kind of advertise this as being horror, but I don't see it as being horror. Mm-mm. Like, on the description for my audiobook, it says horror. Yeah. And I was like, no. I wasn't afraid, but I mean... I think they, they do describe it as have. that. Yeah. They could it, have done. It's horror in the sense that, you know, puppets and dolls are creepy, but there's nothing overtly horrifying. Right. Let's see. Genre fiction. 2016, October. Yeah. Doesn't say it on. Let's see. Yeah. Horror fiction, ghost story, fantasy fiction, supernatural Wait. fiction, paranormal fiction. I don't know about ghost story, and I don't know about horror fiction. So, how would you describe it? Because I honestly would call it almost a romance. Like, So, honestly, this story is a modern-day retelling of... Hey, you almost knocked over my wine. Pretty bad. Is a modern-day retelling of the story of um, Eurydice and Orpheus. Yes, they do. So... Yes. yes. It's whatever you want to call that. Yes. That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of based on a classic, which, you know, I don't know. Oh, God. No, you stop that. You've uh, already got it? Yeah, I already Mine got it. will be coming it. next week. It's audiobook. You get it instantly. Yeah, I know. I'm really excited for next month's book. Me too. Um. Anyway, so, you know, that that is the point at which you're kind of like, what? You know, I mean, we knew going into it what it was, but, right. like, you're kind of still left going, like, what the fuck? It's true. And what is going on? It gets even worse from there, too. Like, I mean, like, the whole description of, like, and the fact that she doesn't remember a whole lot, too, kind of made sense to me. Like, she couldn't remember Theo's name, and she couldn't remember, like, she could remember bits and pieces of her life, but not Not the the whole story. Yes. Which I thought was cool, which made sense, because if she had transformed into a puppet... Um, and I love all the puppet characters. Yes. I yeah. have, I fell in love with all of the puppet characters. And yeah. um, you kind of, like, they don't tell you right away from the beginning that this is, you know, that they're all people, but you know that they were all at one point in time people. Right. And then you learn about the original and, you know, how he is said to be, he's never in the back room. Yeah, and they can no. only come alive between midnight and, and dawn. dawn. Yep. So there's that. 
Um, by the way, did you notice that they quoted one of the books that we read? Really? Which yes. one? I've forgotten. Like I said, I read it a couple weeks ago. Ugh. I'm sorry. I'm trying to look and see um, how many puppets there are. There's probably like a dozen. So Wicked This Way comes. Okay, yes. They quoted that in there with the uh, Something Wicked This Way Comes, like the quote that, that goes along with that. The whole By the Shakespeare, of my yes, thumb, something wicked this Correct. way comes. Open so, locks, whoever knocks. Which technically is not a quote from something wicked this way comes. But it's they a say quote it from in Shakespeare. I know, but they don't they say it. In well, they do say it, yeah, but it's a see, quote of a quote, right? Still, it's mm, there. It's yeah. A quote. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. So I guess there's like maybe a dozen puppets that are alive that you know of that, at this point. Yeah, that are that are in the back room with her. Um... And they're all different kind of, you know, there's clowns and witches and fairies. A devil. And there's a devil and there's that fairy that's all made out of, like, sticks. Yep, the good, uh... Yeah, the good fairy. The good fairy, which I thought was... Okay, so, did you get a Pinocchio feel from this? A little bit, yeah. Because I was thinking that as soon as they started introducing people and it was like, well, you had your, you had your good fairy and then you had... The worm, and you had um, the queen, and you had, you know, kind of, I don't know why it made me, it gave me Pinocchio vibes, but Mm -hmm. I definitely felt very Pinocchio-esque. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, there are all kinds of puppets. There's, you know, marionettes, there's rod puppets, there's little hand puppets, there's just all kinds of different characters and different, you know, types of puppets, and they're all... And there's a dog. The dog dog is super cute. He looks like Pluto. Um... Yeah, so the first night she's there, she's, you know, meeting all of these puppets. She gets put back together. She doesn't stay in five pieces with her head on the side. She does get put back together and then, um, yes, 12 all together plus the two men by her side. So there's 14. She's 15, I guess, of these, like, living puppets. And, of course, the assumption is that... um, you know, they were all human at one time. Right. And now they are puppets. So this is where the story kind of takes a little turn. And you figure out that, you know, they can only come alive during certain times. She tries to escape by helping somebody slip a note underneath the door and she gets busted. And at the same time, Theo is actively looking for her, and the police are also suspecting him. They find a dead body in the river, and they call him over to to see the body. Mm-hmm. And it, it that's kind of a weird spot there because you know they're you know they're asking he's, him all kinds of questions, and yeah. he's like, then they go and talk into in French behind his back, and then you know he's thinking that they're going to be embarrassed when they learn that he speaks French, mm-hmm. but they're not, and. So they tell you, well, the reason we want to know what she was wearing was because a body has washed up. And we need you to come identify it because it's a woman about the same age. We just haven't made an identification yet. Right. He goes, he sees the body. It's not her. Well, he says it looks like her, but it's not her. Right. And to me, at this part, I was like, "Uh, I feel like this is kind of 
you know, I think he's in denial. I think he's in denial because it's a woman. It looks like Kay, but of course it's not Kay. Right. But it's wearing a yellow sundress and is barefoot, which she breaks one of her blue heels while she is, you know, getting away from whoever's following her. So she is, in fact, barefoot. She is, in fact, wearing a yellow sundress. And, you know, I, I think it's her. Like, they never say it, but I think it is her actual body that, you know, they swatted her soul into a puppet and just chucked out her body. Which would make sense. Yeah, because what are they going to do with it? I mean, really. Right. So, anyways, at this point, you know, he's identified this body as not being her. And so, her mother is also very upset with him. Like, what did you do? What have you done? Yeah. Like, you guys, what did you fight about? Like, you've done something to my daughter. Ugh. Yeah, and, so, and this is where it kind of becomes... He's, he's 10 years older than her. <laughs> he, Theo is 10 years older than Kay. And, you know, so he's kind of like, her mom never liked our age difference. And she never yeah. really trusted me. And now, you know, at first they're they're getting along and they're trying to work together. But then as time goes on, she becomes more and more suspicious of him. Yes. And she's wheelchair bound in like Vermont. So she can't come and help in any way. And so he just has to keep updating her by phone. There's nothing going on. There's nothing going on. Um, yeah, and this is kind of, uh, with, with Theo, it really kind of drags. Right. Um, but with Kay, you start to kind of get a good look at what it's like in the puppet world and the little adventures that they go on. We're mm-hmm. fucking 45 minutes in already. Wow. <laughs> We've said nothing. So, so let's speed through it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So they decide what they say is, you know, the man is called the Quatremains, the woman is the do do. Do? I can't. I don't do French. Do. Do mains. Um, They decide when you are to stay in the back room and when you get to be part of the show. They they choose who performs and who must wait. And what if I don't want to wait, Kay said. What if I want to go home? Um, One of the three sisters strokes Kay's face with a delicate finger and says, You don't go home, darling. Not by your own doing in any case. You are here for the duration. And this is the Russian, one of the Russian. One of the Russian sisters. The, the nesting dolls. Yeah. And I loved her character as well. I they were fun. That that I really was, liked the, yeah. the Russian dolls. They yes. weren't nesting dolls. No. But they were but the three sisters. And they were they Russian. They were great. Yeah, and they and were they hilarious. Were very and melancholy and ennui. Yes. Just the whole thing. Yes. yes. So this is kind of like where the book kind of takes a dive down like literally we're staring at chapter five like it's decent because it's still going into the detail of like you know what happens during performances and how she has to learn how to move when she feels the the string she can't just move independently she has to move with the string and however the player is and they describe that because she has moving legs and arms, oftentimes there will be two people mm-hmm. who are, you know, moving her around. So she has to develop a feel for that. Um, lo and behold, she does go into her first performance. She loves it. She has, you know, it, it's a good thing for her. And yada, yada, yada. So ups and downs. Um, I guess the fuzz is getting hot on the tail of the of the toy shop at this point so Mm -hmm. toy shop people um the giants they just pack everybody up and they're like well time to blow this joint and they fucking leave at that point theo and his um god now i can't remember his name 
Egon. Egon, thank you. Theo and Egon. Egon is like, you know what? Let's break in. Well, We're gonna... first, first, what happens? Theo goes back to New York. Like nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Summer ends. He's got to go back to work. He's a professor. So, you know, and he's still supposed to be translating no. this book. No, he, no. Yeah, he goes back to New York. No. Yes, he, and then Egon he calls him. Before he leaves, Egon is like, he's like, I'm, I, you know, yes, it's before he leaves. He doesn't go back to New York just yet. Egon does. Egon doesn't call him because he doesn't have a phone. Egon has to go find him in New York. He he before he leaves for New York, sees Egon and he's like, "We're come on, we're gonna go break into the toy shop and we're gonna get that doll that she always wanted." And because he was in such a state of mind, oh, he, that's right, because that's when they uh -huh. find the matchbook. damn. I love putting one over you. Yes, yes. one yeah, for yeah, Liz. Yeah. Very rare that happens. So, <laughs> so then they like break or they they try to break in, but they realize that it's completely empty except for a few bees on the windowsill and cobwebs like there's a whole description about that yeah the stuff and that was in the front window then egon's like come around this side and they go down this little alley that looks like it's been deserted and no one's used it for years and they find out that the back door is actually open because then egon starts to live in the upstairs apartment well because that's somebody later. looked yes yeah, somebody that's left later. the rest but exactly but that's how i knew that it wasn't after he got to new york so they find the little matchbook that says, help me, help me. Or, yeah, something, get me out of here, something like that, written in teeny tiny little letters right. on the on a, inside of a matchbook. And exactly. Like, That's weird. What the hell is this? So Theo goes back to New York, and he's just like, fuck, man, like, I, my wife is missing, and he's like, maybe work is going to help, so he goes back to work, and... Pretty much all the professors already know what's going on, except for this one professor who never reads the memos, um, and <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Yes. He's like, oh, that's a pretty little wife of yours. And they're he's like, like uh, uh, she's actually missing. So he's like, oh, yeah, I never read the memos. Sorry. Sorry. Um, but I liked his character, too, until the end. I didn't like him at the end. At the end, I was like, you fuck face. Yeah. Um, so... Anywho, like he could have saved them. Um, I mean, he did what he thought was right, which was so. There is another puppet um, named Noe. Oh, love Noe. Noe, and she like most of the puppets have accepted their fate. She did not, and you know are just fine being puppets, and that's that. Um, and she doesn't remember she, a whole lot, but she remembers that she does not want to be a fucking puppet. Yep. And she keeps she keeps going. Every chance she gets, she's She wants like, to escape. She's, yep. she's trying to go. Multiple times. And there's another part in the book where they kind of like redo, remake the puppets or restuff the puppets. And they're remade into like... New characters. New characters. For characters. new plays. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's disturbing in itself. And yeah. I mean... Well, then there's the two judges, too. The puppets that are the two judges. Yep. With and the they, white robes. When, and yeah. When they go to leave, they just, they take the two judges away and they're never seen again. And right. So, and uh, Kay know. is like, what happened to them? And, you know, everybody's like, well, they weren't needed anymore. So they're just gone. They're done. That's it. And she's like, well, what happened to them? And they're like, they're just, they're just gone. Forget about them. Yep. They're not coming back. Don't worry about it. Yeah. They're done. Yep. Um, the devil is another really great character. I, mm -hmm. I loved his character. I loved to think that he wasn't, I mean, he was kind of devilish, but at the same time, he was very, he was just kind of like suave and demeanor. Like, I felt I like that. I mean, the devil. He's yeah. pretty urbane. Right. So, um, 
So then we get to the, basically him and this other professor and Egon are yeah. on like mini journeys throughout the middle portion of the book, like going to Quebec, figuring shit out, coming back to New York, going yeah. to Vermont, going here, going there. Yeah. And it's like the same shit over and over and over again. Which, and the- I mean, I imagine, <sighs> like it was tedious, but I imagine if you were a person looking for a lost loved one. Right, that's how, how it would be. be. You know, oh, another false lead. Let's rush off to nothing. Let's come back and try and throw ourselves in our work. But oh, here's this that's got to be addressed, and this, and you know, it's just a whole thing. It never ends. And right, which could have been you know summed up in like two paragraphs. But then you it wouldn't know? be a book. It'd be a short many story. <laughs> well, we could have filled it with something else. Give me more on the puppets, which they did do a lot on the puppets. They did go from like you know when they were traveling and. They would stop at little road shows and, you know, you learn a lot. Do, yeah, do a show here and there and then move on or do a couple shows in one place and then move on and they're and just kind of traveling they're allowed around. to be active even though it's before midnight, but they're not really allowed. They're in these, like, little containers. Yeah, they're in their traveling she containers. Says, they can talk, but they can't really move. Right, and so she's, you know... She's kind of like, huh, that's interesting. Um, but anyways, yeah, so it goes on. And finally, he's, uh, Theo sees Kay in a parade. In Vermont. In Vermont. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do a, well, Which is first, where Kay first is they're from. going, they've changed again, though. Yes. Because they have they're gone to this, um, like, barn, basically, and farmhouse in Vermont that is a puppet museum. Correct. And this this person at the puppet museum, or the people at the puppet museum, are in on this whole thing, and they know that the puppets are alive. Mm-hmm. So they do this whole ceremony out in the woods. There's a bonfire, this and that, and the other thing. And they take these living puppets, and they transfer their souls, I guess, from these little tiny puppets into these big life-size puppets. Yes, and so they make this transfer, and then they're locking the puppets. You know, they do this one last, like, oh. Oh, the printer just started up. They do this one last, like, show and parade in the fall. Um, it's like a Halloween parade, and all the puppets are in the parade. And, you know, of course, they're life-size, so they've got bunches of people operating them and whatnot. Um, they go through this parade, and the parade is televised. So, Kay's mother is, you know, just watching TV and sees this parade and sees this puppet and is like, oh my god, this puppet is Kay. This is my daughter. This is her. I recognize her. I know who she is. It looks just like her. These people know something. So, um, you know, of course she calls Theo and Egon shows back up and he has been squatting in the apartment above but you know that well beforehand. he didn't really yeah he didn't you know really they squat beforehand. there no he he goes back there he's still staying in at this point in time he's still uh, he's living above until the he goes shop. back well no until he goes back to new york until he goes to new york for the most of the time he has been living in that warehouse right. but then when the show shuts down for the winter when they go off on tour he's suddenly homeless so he remembers the toy shop and it's still empty, so he sneaks back in, and he's going to live in the apartment above yes. it. But he's only there for, like, one or two nights because it's so creepy. And he goes up in the attic, and that's when he finds the judge's heads. There's, like, a whole bunch of puppet parts and all kinds of stuff. 
and he finds the judge's heads. He sees the judge's heads, but he, like, he realizes that they're alive. He hears them kind of, like, sigh and mutter, and he freaks out. But also while he's up there, he finds Kay's shoes. He finds the blue heels, and one of them has a broken heel, which is why she took off her shoes in the first place, because she broke the heels. Yes. And that's when he goes to Theo and is like, holy shit, something fucked it's, up is happening. It's the toy and shop Theo people. <laughs> goes to Quebec because he goes up and he, yes. you know, he goes up there to see it and it's all been cleared out. Yes. And they call the cops to come and see it. Yes. And the cops are like, dude, like, there's nothing We'll take here. note of it. Yeah, like, there's nothing going on, but okay, sure, thanks. We'll put this in our books. But that's also where the one police officer is like, huh, this place. My I brother. remember this place. My little brother was fascinated with this place, and he loved it, and he loved all the puppets, and he loved the puppet shows, and yep. then he disappeared when he was, like, eight years old. Yep. And that's where you're like... Ding, ding, ding. Really? Okay. Yes. So, yeah. I was hoping, by for, more, I was hoping for more resolution with that one, too. Right, because they don't. They don't. You, like, you don't even know which one is his brother. Yeah, you do. It's Nick. Is it Nick? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, maybe that's another part of his fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Fall asleep. Maybe. Maybe. Um, but anywho, so he goes down and um, he is trying to find his wife, yeah. um, basically. And he finds this museum and he goes in. Um, it's, it's not open. No. But he tries he, to go in and they won't let him in. They're like, Psh. no. Too bad. Come back in the spring. Yes. Like, we're shut for the winter. So they decide to sneak in. Yep. They're going to break in. So Dr. Mitchell, who is the professor that becomes a friend, but yeah. really is like, he's the one who doesn't read his memos. Yeah. He's kind of an airhead. Yeah. Dr. Mitchell is like, yeah, I'll drive you. We'll go check this out. Like, we're going to sneak in. Yep. So he's Egon driving. Egon is there. Yes. Egon. It's Egon and Theo and Dr. Mitchell. And Dr. Mitchell is driving the, the car. And they're like, wait for us. If we're not back in two hours, then... I can't remember what they tell him, what they tell him to do if they're not back in two hours. Like, we'll meet you somewhere else or something. Yes. They said that they would meet him, but I don't remember where either. Yeah, I don't remember. Um... <sighs> So, anyways, uh, Egon goes one way, and Theo goes another way. Mm-hmm. Theo gets in, and he runs into the queen. and Or he doesn't run right into the queen. He runs into, what's his name? He runs into... The first puppet. Dionysus, I think. And he's... Who's, like, drunk and trying to sleep it off. Because all, the, part, all yet. the puppets are alive. Not yet. He doesn't in even, this barn. He's not in Dionysus yet. Because the first one he meets is the one that's, like, with the queen who wouldn't let him go to the party. Oh, Firkin. Firkin. Mr. Firkin. Yes. And so he runs into Mr. Firkin, and he's like, and he tells... Is that before the queen? I it is. It is before the queen, because he says, okay. Dad, don't wake her. She's, you know, don't wake her up. You know, you don't want to wake her up. And he's like, well, I'm looking for my wife. And he's like, well, what's your wife's name? I know all the puppets. And um, he says, well, her name is Kay. And he says, oh, yes, I do know Kay. And when he says Kay, that's when the queen wakes up because her name is there. And she's like, well, she's not here. We don't know anybody named Kay. And he's like, no, I I saw her in the parade. I know she's here with you guys. I want to bring her back. And finally, the queen is like, I don't know if it's my size or what's going on, but, you know, it's best for a queen to have a cold heart. And so she 
tells him, Theo, exactly what he needs to do to break the spell, essentially. And she says she's giving him all kinds of tips. She's like, you know, here, we need to dress you up and put you in a costume and make sure you look like a puppet. And right. just remember, you know, this is how puppets talk and this is how we move. And you want to avoid this person, the devil, because he knows everybody from both sides of, you know, the, the puppets that were here and the puppets that were That's on tour. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then, um, then he's, he gets this, Mr. Friggin' puts a ghost sheet on him and paints the, like, a crude face on him and puts little tiny eyes so yeah. that way he can, can see through the sheet, but he uses this rope to put it around his neck to make it yeah, look, look like more a like a puppet. Yeah, ghost puppet. Right. And he's like, make sure you don't show your hands, because that'll give it away. Um, but... Before this, that's where he runs into Dionysus. That's right. Yes. Because now he yes. goes up as into the ghost, and that's where he has all these profound things to say. Yes. To drunken Dionysus. Yes. <laughs> and like so. Yes. Yeah, so the the puppets, you know, they've been they're having a party. They're all kind of stuffed into this. You know, all of the puppets from the Quatremain are all kind of put into this one stall, and they send, except for the worm, who has been changed into this massive, you know, he used to be just a little worm, now he's this massive thing, and he's down in, like, the basement part of the barn. And so they send the devil out to do reconnaissance work and <laughs> see who else, because they can hear other puppets in there, yeah. and they're like, they don't know if they're friend or foe or what's going on. So they send the de devil out to do reconnaissance, and he never comes back. And they're like, oh, they killed the devil. What's going on? This place is awful. Like, we got to stay in here. We got to stay safe. And then the devil shows back up after a couple days. And he's like, no, everybody's great. This place is wonderful. I've been making friends with everybody. They're all awesome. They're going to love you guys. The original's upstairs. And he wants to have a party tonight to, like, welcome you. So everybody's coming. All the other puppets. You'll get to meet everybody. The original will be there. It's going to be awesome. So let's go to this party. So the queen doesn't want to let everybody go, um, but she ends up kind of getting overruled. So it's yes. just her and Mr. Firkin left in the stall, and everyone else has gone up to the loft. Even though Firkin wanted to go. Yes, he's like, going to be loyal to the queen and right, stay behind. Right, which is yes. a good thing. But, um, yes, so at this point, I mean, and I loved the description of this stupid party. I really loved it. Again, I could see it in my mind. And I feel like just on the screen, it would work out and it would be hilarious. And mm -hmm. it just depends on how you would film it. Um, there are sex scenes. They don't really, like, say sex, but, yeah. I mean, they imply it. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. And then, like, at, Romeo and Juliet are right. there. And Oberon and Tatiana. Right. And, like, all of these. And they're all kind of, you know, the Russian dancers that are there are, like, trying to get with the Russian sisters, and, like, it's just a whole thing. It's, it's a big... Hilarious. It's a big party, for It is sure. hilarious. So then, you know, he makes he makes his way up, and he finally gets to the party, and he sees Kay talking with another puppet, and he kind of tries to make his way over there, and Kay, at this point, is confronting the original and asking, how can we break this spell? Um... What's her name? Wants to break the spell. Noe. Noe wants to break the spell. She's, you know, she's she's tired of this. And if there's one person here that deserves it, it's her, blah, blah, blah. And the original's like, well, sorry, that's not how it works. You know, the, the people who bestowed this magic upon me, you know, did not show me how to reverse it or anything like that. There's no way. I can only make. I can't. 
I can't uh, return to your your original form. Like you're your puppet now. Be happy. Done. Mm-hmm. So she leaves the original super upset, like furious because she thought he would be the one to help and understand and return her to her original state. And he's just like everybody else. And that's what she realizes that he is exactly like everybody yeah, else. He is just another puppet. Right. Like, and, and they just respect him because he's old. Correct. Right. It's not because he was made that way by the shamans, just the same as everybody else. Yep. And he can't do anything about it. Correct. Yep. So she's all pissed off and she's over at Noe and she's fuming and she's saying, I I already asked him. Fortunately, you know, he says there's nothing he can do. And then she sees the ghost staring at her and she's like, like this ghost looking at me. Like they all look at me like that. Like, gosh, what does he want? Like she's aggravated by him. Mm -hmm. And... Um, the ghost comes over and leans down and says, you know, hey, it's me, Theo, your husband. And they have this, like, moment and then they realize each other and they come up with this plot to, you know, escape because he tells her all we have to do is not look back. We just need to get away from here, escape, yeah. and not look back. And There's I have a... my friends outside. We're going to we're gonna do it. We're going to make it. And she right. says, only if Noe can come with me. Right. Yeah, there's like a hole up in the, like in the, I don't know what it is. The, it's like an attic. Kind of, yeah. Like they're in the loft, but there's up higher, there's, there's a, a hole. Silo. Yeah, mm-hmm. something that they can get out. A Shiloh. Because oh! <laughs> I've never heard that one before. Wah, wah. <sighs> I thought um, it was being clever. Yeah, so they're like, um, who's going to do the distraction? That would be um, the the witch with the arm, the good witch. She's going to break her arm, and that's oh, what happens. Is happened. it her or the fairy? It's. I thought it was the the good fairy. It's the fairy. The good fairy. She's made of sticks. The good yes. fairy made of sticks. And so essentially, they loop her into the plan. And she says, "Fine, I'll do it." And as everybody is like taking this break from all the sex and dancing the that they had, yes, <laughs> and like everybody's kind of like half asleep. Which I thought to myself, "Well, why wouldn't you just like leave them asleep instead of waking them up to like charge it?" You know? Yeah. So she like breaks her arm off, throws it down, and the dog immediately the dog goes and gets it. it. Yep. And she starts yelling. Oh my god, the dog! You broke my arm off! Oh my god! And everybody's like distracted by the dog. And so Noe gets pushed out first through the silo opening there and they're like escaping. And then, you know, um, Kay wanted to go last. She insisted on going last. So he starts making his way up this little hole and, you know, they watch as Noe gets out the window. But then all of a sudden, Kay is being pulled back in by everybody. Well... Let's see. And then he gets stabbed yeah, so, by the original. Uh, let's see. You go, I'm right behind her, behind you, Kay said. Um, outside the night sky glistened with stars, and six feet below he could see Noe let go of the rope and land on firm ground. Are you there, Kay? He shouted over his shoulder, but he heard no reply. He forced himself to keep facing the darkness. The puppets were sharding, shouting for him to they start. Were they were sharding. It was a wild party. The original hollered no. He looked back to see if she had followed. And just like that, the satyrs and the maenads grab him. Um, they they pull him down. And, they pull and, him down. And they the original, stab him with the spear. The original yes. stabs him with the spear. And then he turns into a puppet. And the description of him turning into a puppet is really great detail. Like, they talk about it kind of just slowly happening, but not really slow. Um, and... 
No. Yeah. yeah. The point of the spear pierced a spot just below his sternum and took his breath away. The metamorphosis began at once. His hands went first, turning from flesh to paper. His head insane. emptied into a husk, and he felt the transformation jolt through his body as he lost all sense of himself. He became instead a hollow man, a puppet. And at this point, I'm thinking to myself, okay, there's still a chance. We've got, you know, the two guys waiting outside. They've got a car going. And Noe gets to the car, and she's banging on the door, and she's like, he's gonna fucking murder me. Let's go, go, go. And so Dr. Mitchell Mitchell, and Zoe, boom, gone. Noe, yeah. Noe. <laughs> yeah. They're gone. Well, I mean, and, he kind of panics. There's this crazy right. woman screaming at him to get her out of there. She's being murdered, so he takes off. With straw hair. And they they say, I mean, she's 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 a human. Mm-hmm. She's not a puppet. She's a fucking human. So she's this turned is why, back into a human. This is why I don't think that the body that is is found is is hers. Because yeah, I mean, I think it's too much of a coincidence that she's you know, know, wearing the yellow and sundress no and no shoes and looks like Kay. Well, maybe like, that was I don't a know. Dummy. Maybe part of the magic is when they're free from the spell, they become human again. I don't know. I, I don't, don't understand how magic works. So, but, anywho, then you find out that that he is a puppet, mm-hmm. and that there's no, he's not, he's not coming back from puppet. No one is saving Theo. I was super pissed off about this. I like needed this happy ending to happen. Well, well, we, I mean, we kind of skipped over Egon, who went down. He went in through the basement door. Yes. And he encounters the the worm, um, the worm who has basically <laughs> been turned into like one of those Chinese dragons. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you know, looking at this worm, this puppet, and he's like, "Wow, this is really cool." And he gets up to the head of it, and like the mouth is open, <laughs> and he walks into the mouth, and that is the last That's it. we ever hear That's of it. Egon. He's gone. That's it. No so I don't Egon. know if the worm eats him. Which, it's a puppet, so I don't know how it could. But, like, that's it. He's gone. He's done. We never hear of Egon again. Um, nope. Theo is ripped apart and by the maidens. into the forest. Yeah. And which, yeah. that pissed me off. Something awful. Yep. But, again, th- I think I think this would make an excellent movie. Yeah. I feel like, it, if done properly, it could be a thrilling movie. Because I found myself, like especially at the end here, like just really hanging on to every word and reading everything, like just listening to everything in great detail because I wasn't reading anything. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I I was definitely into it and I was definitely like, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And when what happened happened, I was like, motherfucker. Yeah. Not what I wanted. Not what I expected. But so, um, Mitchell, the the doctor, um, you know the professor. <laughs> to a hospital. He, he yeah. He takes Noe to the hospital, and you know it's she's admitted. crazy and hysterical and admitted, and she sneaks off in the night and she's gone. Mm-hmm. So that's the end of that. So Doctor Mitchell is like trying to, you know, patch his life back together. All of this craziness. His friends are gone. They're just completely missing. So he goes back to the farm, um, and you know everybody's like they they take a they, he a takes policemen back to the, the farm police, and they're yeah. like yeah th- we don't know what you're talking about dude it's crazy and he, took, he takes a picture of the doll that looks like yes so they give him a tour send. they give him a tour of the um museum the museum and he's taking pictures and stuff and so he sends them to 
the police, the, officers, the police officers in Quebec. Quebec that are dealing with the case. Um, and one of them replies, thank you for the photograph of the puppet. Sergeant Foucault says he cannot see the resemblance, but I find it looks very much like Kay Harper, and I have included it in her file. There was another puppet in the background. A juggler reminded me of my brother. Funny how our sorrows play such tricks on our memories. Yep. So that was Nix, the juggler, who is actually this inspector's brother who was also taken. Yeah. And that's the end of that. Like, literally, this is how the book ends. Like, yeah. It's it's they're just, all puppets. It's just done. Yep. Just they're all over. puppets. That's it. And then it's really pretty. Um, at the end, it says, yeah. Outside, the white world was cold and empty. Kay put her ear against a crack in the wall to listen. The wind picked up from the west, whistling in the gaps, howling now and again. She thought of Theo in the storm, in the woods where the others had discarded the pieces of him. Caught in the branches of the trees, the tattered clothes snapped and rippled like ruined flags when the wind blew, and the paper limbs and hollow head made a kind of music. Kay could hear him singing, always singing for her. That's how it ends. I know. Like, she's a puppet forever. He's, he's, a, he's, he's a, a dismembered puppet yeah, he's forever. he's a dismembered puppet that's still alive in this fucking tree. And that's that. Egon's just disappeared. He's puppet poop. I mean, apparently. I don't know how that all worked out, but he's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mitchell is kind of crazy from what happened. It kind of drove him a little nuts. And that's yep. it. Unsolved. Done. Over. So, <laughs> let's talk about the rating. So, I'm going to give it three cheers. That's where I'm at with this book because I really feel like, I feel like it was lacking a lot in the middle, but I did enjoy the very beginning and the very end. Yeah. I, I mean, I really did enjoy yeah. it. It hooked me at the end. It hooked me in the beginning, but everything yeah. else kind of fell flat. Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoyed it while I read it. Um, it did drag some in the middle. I kind of just flew through that part and didn't it didn't bother me too much um i did enjoy it i thought it was very well written there were some really very beautiful parts the whole concept is intriguing um when i went back to try and reread it i just like i didn't want to i didn't want i didn't really want to read it again yeah so i would give it a three and a half cheers because, like, the first time I read it, I was into it. I was engrossed. But then, like, the read-through again, I was like, meh. I don't not, really feel like doing this. It's not a second read. It was not engrossing enough for me right. to read it again. Now, if you're fans of um, Greek literature, it's great. Because it really does follow pretty well along with, you know, the whole Eurydice and um, Orpheus deal. So... But, I mean, it was definitely interesting. I'm not sorry I read it. Yeah, I'm not sorry we read it either. In fact, I enjoyed this a lot more than um, some of the other books we've read. <laughs> it's way One better particular. than Devil in the White City. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Uh-huh. Oh, Devil in the White City. Way more engrossing than that uh, one, that's for sure. That was so boring. Yeah, it was So terrible. many facts. I was back like, in history, uh, and I liked history class, but this was worse than anything yeah, that you could do in history class. it just wasn't what it was. No. What we wanted it to be. It wasn't. It was... It was architecture, False not advertisement. Yeah, it was architecture, not serial killers. So that was False disappointing. Advertisement. But anyway, three and a half cheers. Um, the wine. What do you think about the wine? I I feel like this is a good wine for me to you know just have kind of a half glass and get relaxed too. I don't think that we didn't we did not we did not. Kill I the had bottle. like one and a half 
glasses. As predicted. Yes. Um, yes, I stuck with what you said, and mm-hmm. that's about all I want. I've still got a little bit left. I don't know. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I'll that's... probably chug it just so I can Ooh, don't chug it. Just get it over with. No. Yeah, just get it over with. So, three cheers for the wine. I think yeah. if I were a grown-up, I'd probably enjoy it more. I love it. Yay. <laughs> so, next month's book, we are very excited about. I've been oh, my God, this book. Forever. Holy shit. There were, there were two books that we... Um, that we were trying to decide between. Uh, both are my suggestions. Thank you very much. Hey! Oh. Bless you. My oh. goodness. It's it's the wine. Makes me sneeze. <laughs> Interesting. Um, the first one was called Taken by the T-Rex. <laughs> um, it's literally like, I don't know, like 20 pages long. It's 16 it's, pages. Yeah. That's what knocked it out of the running. Because the premise is amazing that... Um, there's it's like a, animal erotic. Like yeah, it's just, well, not even animal. It's dinosaur erotic. Yeah. That is what it is. Well, there's a couple not, more. There's one about a pterodactyl, and there's one about a. a, a we could have just read the whole series. Triceratops. We could have just read the whole series. I mean, they're really like short stories. Though. I know, but, but basically, all together. It's, you know, this T Rex has come and killed somebody in the in the cave people's village, and so. Droon wants them to go after it and hunt it down and they don't want to do it so she's going to do it she and she gets all love. turned on during the hunt <laughs> and then she you know the, the T-Rex corners her but is more interested in her womanhood, womanhood. Than, yes. than in yes. eating her so yeah well, he wants to eat her but not that way yeah but it's so, only 16 pages long so I was like we can't read that that's not that's not a novel. That's it's not like appropriate. A, Stop that's it, a, it, I, it. Appropriate be damned. It's just that it was too short. <laughs> so we landed on Bear, which oh. was another one. Marion um, Engel. Right. And it's a Canadian book. Oh, I'm telling you, the Canadians. <laughs> Cheers they, to Canada. It's true. Um, anyways, this is basically... You know, she falls in love with a bear. And this, well, I don't know if she falls in love, but she definitely fucks a bear. Well, yeah, she does fuck a bear. Um, I mean, it was written in the 70s. Like, it's... It's actually won some awards. So yeah. So it's not like a slush kind of... It's not a Taken by the T-Rex. No. It is absolutely a real book. Yes. Um. So that's what we're reading. Mine's coming in the mail this week. I'm very excited about it. I have vowed not to start till tomorrow, so I will be starting it tomorrow. I'm very excited. Like, I have been, like, waiting to start it because I didn't want it to interfere with my judgment on (laughs) the puppet book. So... Yes. So next week we will not be recording because of Memorial Memorial Day. Memorial Day. So everybody have a good time. Be safe. Um, June is so bad it's good month. So we're going to be watching... What do we want to watch first? We'll do... Um, thingy. I want to do the thingy first. Okay. So next week we will be reviewing the thingy. I was a teenage placenta. Yes. Oh my God, Thank you, you Julie. Yes. Julie like, from my work this recommended this movie. Amazing. And she said that it was so bad that it was so good. So and we'll she see. Just, yeah. Because so. there's that there's that really fine line between there so is. bad and so bad it's good. And, I think I think Julie's you know, got her finger on yeah. that pulse. I think she knows what she's doing. Yeah. So I'm Here's pretty hope. excited. I'm, I'm hopeful that it's going to be so bad it's good. But just looking at it, I was like, sweet Jesus, what are we getting into? Oh, there's a part where the placenta gets older and like goes to prom is like oh my fuck god you, mom, i'm going to prom oh my god <laughs> so check that out pick up the book read along watch along do whatever yep. you need to and we will see you back in june on mm-hmm. june 
June 5th ish. June yeah. 5th. Yeah. I got something that afternoon, but I should be free by the evening. Yeah, we should be good. Yep, yep, yep. And I'll get the and wine. Then, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. So that sounds like a fantastic plan. Thanks for listening, guys. And we will talk to you next time on Three, three shows, shows and a, a Book. book.